You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. blindness is a grievous condition and an experience by those who do not believe in God, do not believe in Jesus Christ, do not believe in the Holy Spirit, nor do they believe in God's Word. There are those who reject Christ and they become lost. Being spiritually blind, they are perishing. They're wasting away. They are blind to the manifestations of God as revealed through His Word, as revealed by the Holy Spirit, and as revealed by Jesus Christ. There is such a spiritual blindness in the unbelieving world that they can't even comprehend how killing babies in the womb is morally wrong. Today, Pastor Dave will be challenging you to be a light in this dark world and to pray for the spiritual blindness to be lifted off of those that you're preaching the gospel to. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 9 as he begins his message, Believing is Seen. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see me may see, and those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, We see, therefore your sin remains. So there's this story that's going around about Sherlock Holmes and his trusted sidekick, Dr. Watson, going on a camping trip. They arrived at the site, and they immediately went into the chore of setting the campsite up, pitching the tent, putting out the sleeping bags in the tent, putting all the blankets around and pillows, putting a place for the fire, collecting firewood, making all their things all set up so they could have a beautiful campsite. By the time they were finished, it was dark. It was time for supper. So they ate a hearty meal over the campfire, and they laid down in their tent for a long night sleep. They were tired. Several hours later, Holmes awakes with a start, and he nudges his faithful friend Watson. He says, Watson, Watson, look up. Look up. What do you see? Watson says, I see millions upon millions of stars. Holmes said, well, what does that tell you? Watson pondered a moment. He said, astronomically, it tells me that there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrologically, I observed that Saturn is in Leo. Horologically, I deduce that the time is approximately quarter past three. Theologically, I can see that God is all-powerful and that we are small and insignificant. Meteorologically, I suspect that we will be have a beautiful day tomorrow. Why, Holmes? What does it say to you? Holmes looked at his partner and said, Watson, you idiot, someone stole our tent. You know, sometimes we are blind to the things that are right before our eyes. I don't know if anyone has ever said this to you, but one of my father's favorite line was when I couldn't find something was, David, it had been a snake, it would bit you. 
And there it was. And I confess that there are times when I cannot find my glasses. And I search all over the place for my glasses and I can't find them. Then there are times when I search for my glasses. And I realize that they're right here where they should be. I confess to that, that they're right there. But I can't imagine with all my might what it would be like to be blind. This is a somber note. Not to be able to see the face of my wife and my children. Not to be able to read the word of God. Not to be able to drive a car to see the beauty of God's creations. I can't imagine not knowing what a sunset looks like or a sunrise. I can't imagine not being able to watch my favorite TV show. I can't imagine living life completely in the dark. But sadly, sadly, many, many do so. Many live life completely in the dark. But there is another blindness that is, if you would, far worse than being physically blind. For all the people in the world who have a physical state of darkness, there are millions upon millions of other people who have something, something much worse than physical blindness. They are spiritually blind. Not knowing what life is all about. Not knowing what their purpose in this life is. Not knowing whether they're right with God or not. Not knowing if they're going to heaven after they die. Or perhaps even worse. And you might say, what could be more worse than that, Dave? Being so blind that they don't care that they're blind. So as I wrote this in my studies, the thought came across my mind that we have been discussing spiritual blindness now for several weeks as we've come through this chapter 9 of the Gospel of John. So I asked myself, what exactly does it mean to be spiritually blind? And I've come up with a few things I'd like to share with you this morning as we go into these last verses. To be spiritually blind is, to not, to, is not to see Jesus Christ. And not to see Jesus Christ is not seeing God the Father. Jesus clearly states to his apostles, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Spiritual blindness is a grievous condition. And an experience by those who do not believe in God, do not believe in Jesus Christ, do not believe in the Holy Spirit, nor do they believe in God's Word. There are those who reject Christ and they become lost. Being spiritually blind, they are perishing. They're wasting away. They are blind to the manifestations of God as revealed through His Word, as revealed by the Holy Spirit, and as revealed by Jesus Christ. They are described as those who do not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to Him, and He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Which leads me to an aside. Some people are born again, and have been for quite some time. But the cares of the world, 
the ways of the world, the trappings of the world, the, 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 the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the lust of the eye, have crept back into their spiritual life, has crept back into their born-again experience, and guess what? They now have become spiritually blinded again. They no longer can see through the scales that have been placed over their eyes by the world. And they are in this condition too. They have once again become spiritually blind. There are people in here who have been born again, who have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them, and they know it, but they lack the power to do anything about it. They lack the power to defeat the darkness that has come upon them because they have resisted and rejected the Holy Spirit. They've rejected the Holy Spirit, and when you reject the Holy Spirit, you reject Jesus Christ, and you reject God, and you're spiritually blind. And you become spiritually blind once again. You may be saved. You may be going to heaven, but you're having a difficult time because there's no power in your life. There's no dunamis power in your life, and you can't seem to live the Christian life the way you think it's supposed to be, or even the way the Word of God says it should be lived. Why? You don't have power. You lost your power source. You're blind. Peter said that such people... He called them scoffers would come in in the last days and they would be following their own sinful desires. And those who rejected Jesus Christ and his word are spiritually blind and cannot understand the truth of the scriptures. Why? Because it is the Holy Spirit that leads you into all truth. One of the jobs that the Holy Spirit does is to lead you in the truth of Jesus Christ and declare who he is in your life. Why do these people reject the Scriptures? Because it sounds foolish to them. The Scriptures sound foolish. You have to read through the Psalms, and what does the Psalms say about those who are foolish? Only a fool says in his heart that there is no God. So it's foolishness. The Bible describes those who deny God as fools because of their blindness and because of the rejecting of God and His Word. This is a perilous position. Perilous position. Perilous position. Spiritually blind are simply unable to understand God's word. They're unable to determine and discern what God is talking to them and speaking to them through God's word. Jesus clearly said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, but because it neither sees him, the world, the world doesn't see him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you, and he will be in you. Holy Spirit is with the world, convicting of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Holy Spirit is in the world. And when you become born again, the Holy Spirit comes in you, and dwells in you, and makes his home in you. But then there's something else. There's another experience in the Holy Spirit. Jesus calls it the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that you must have to get the power. Same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us. That dunamis power. The word dunamis means dynamite. That explosive power that made the disciples turn the world upside down. Not having that makes you spiritually blind because you're rejecting God. Paul said to the believers in Rome, those who are of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not of the flesh, but in the Spirit. And in fact, you are the Spirit that dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. Those outside of Christ are not of God because their lives are steeped in the things of the world. And I, again, I venture to say that even some of us who claim to be Christian and who are Christians have allowed the world to seep in. Have allowed, allowed the world to come in to our lives and cause problems. The Apostle John said, if anyone loves the world 
the love of the Father is not in him, but that person's love is from the world. The cause of spiritual blindness is made quite clear in all the scriptures. It says that in their case, meaning those who don't believe, the God of this world has blinded the mind of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel and the glory of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God. Who is the God of this world? Well, Paul refers to him as Satan, the devil, the evil one. This guy or person or whatever comes around, masquerades as an angel of light, and he is the cause of all temptation, and he delights and revels in trying to get you away from God. Now, you're sealed by God's Spirit, but he wants to cloud your eyes so you don't see spiritual things. If you're an unbeliever, he's got you right where he wants you and continues to pound on you until you make that decision to declare Jesus Christ as Lord. Satan's goal is to devour you. Scripture says he roars about like a lion. And every time I say that, I picture the animal plant where they're showing the lion sitting up on the hill and they're watching eight trillion wildebeests run by. And all of a sudden they see one limping. And one lion looks at the other and says, dinner time. They go after the strong will the beast. They go after the one that's limping. Exactly. They go after the one who's limping. They go after the one who can't protect themselves. That's what Satan does. Falls upon you with fear, loneliness, worry, depression, persecution. When we're left with ourselves without God, we can easily succumb to the devil's ways. We become so mired in the affairs of the world and the moral darkness at the end that God turns us over to spiritual blindness and eternal condemnation. As believers, we have the Spirit of God reigning in our lives to ward off the debilitating effects of Satan's power. Are you relying on that Spirit? Do you have that Spirit in you? Does it have that power of the Spirit? John tells us that whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. But there's a war going on. You have the flesh and the spirit are at enmity with one another, fighting for control of the body. Yet God has provided us with powerful weapons. Just read Ephesians 6. We have powerful weapons. As believers, we can overcome evil and remain in the light and never become spiritually blind. For in truth, Jesus has given his wonderful promises. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. But spiritual blindness is a real thing. And why I told you all that is because this is exactly where the Pharisees are right now in Gospel 9, John, Gospel 9. Gospel of John, chapter 9. Yeah, I can do it. This is where, the, this is where they are. They're in total darkness. They're blinded. They're completely blinded to what's going on. The Savior of the world is standing in front of them declaring who he is. The Savior of the world has done miracle after miracle, and they can't see him because they're spiritually blind. They think they know everything, but they truly don't. They're so blinded to the truth, they don't care about the truth. They can't see beyond their traditions. They can't see beyond their man-made laws. They're blind. They think they know the truth, but they're blinded from it. And it's a sad note here, because the Pharisees, if they have understood anything, if they really truly wanted to understand who Jesus was, the Lord would have opened up their heart, and they would have understood who he was. But they didn't want to. They preferred darkness rather than light. And in John 3, verse 19, it says, and this is the condemnation, 
that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. These guys were so entrenched in darkness that they liked the darkness. They didn't want the light. They didn't care whether they were in darkness. Their pride, their prejudices were too strong for them. So they rejected the one true light that had come into the world. They rejected the light of the world. They rejected it. Last week, as we studied the man who was born blind, we followed a progression of faith that led him into believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He called him Lord. He acted on a simple command. Jesus said, go and wash. That was the command. There was no promise attached. There was nothing else. Go and wash. The man, by faith, stepped out. He went to the pool. He washed, and he received. He heard the word, he believed, he obeyed, and he experienced the grace of God. A beautiful, beautiful picture here. Jesus reveals himself to the man. His faith is built upon Jesus' continual revealing himself. And this revelation brought the man to the highest pinnacle of his life. And you may think that the highest pinnacle of his life was receiving his spiritual or his physical eyes. the highest pinnacle of his life was knowing that he was going to the kingdom of God, was knowing that Jesus was now in his heart. That was the highest pinnacle of his life. Because you could be blind and be healed of your blindness, but if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're still going to die. You could be healed of any disease you want to be healed of, but if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will die. But if you have Christ as your Savior, you will never die. That's the revelation that this man, um, Jesus not only his spiritual eyes, but he opened up his heart. And as for the Pharisees, they remained in their unbelief. Listen to what one commentator said. Quote, the belief of the Pharisees began with the misunderstanding of the law and the person of Jesus. The law was for them a tradition to be kept, a dead letter, not a living voice. Unquote. And because of this, because this, this was just a dead letter to them, they adopted an attitude of superiority. I'm better than you because I know the truth and you don't. So what makes me better than you? And I'm not going to share it with you. I'm going to keep it to myself, but I know what it is. And you're supposed to be more like me. So I have this superior attitude. But I'm blinded by my own preconceived opinions. I'm blinded by my ignorance of the truth. And what is ignorance? Without knowledge. They had no knowledge of the truth. Sometimes we get caught up in our own opinions. Sometimes we get caught up in our own opinions. We lose sight of the truth. Sometimes we are blinded completely because we think we're right and we lose sight of the truth. And then we believe what we believe is the truth even though it's a lie, and sometimes we know it's a lie, and we still believe it. I mean, back in verse 29, the Pharisees declared that we don't know where this guy is born. Where's this guy come from? Jesus told them time and time and time again, I came from the Father. The Father sent me. I'm going back to the Father. He told them. But because of their prejudicial eyes, all they saw was a man from Nazareth. Remember what they said? Can anything good come from Nazareth? Oh, has a prophet ever come from Galilee? Oh. And when that didn't work, they attacked his heritage. You're a little gentleman. 
Your mother was a fornicator. That's what they said. These prejudicial statements, these hateful actions, drove the very man who could lead them into the light away. They drove Jesus away. In verse 39, Jesus is coming at them, and he says this, For judgment I have come into the world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. You might call this a parable between the unbelievers and the believers, but what I call it is a very, very brief sermon that Jesus gave on spiritual blindness. It may be a brief sermon. It might be his shortest sermon, only a couple verses, but it is probably one of the most powerful sermons, and it packs a wallop. Now, before any of you scholars walk out and call me a heretic, I want to say something. Verse 39 does not contradict John 3, 16 and 17. Let's make one thing clear. The very reason that Jesus came into the earth was to reconcile man back to God. He came to be the redeemer of mankind. He was the spotless lamb who takes away the sin of the world. He came to earth to be crucified on a cross for you and me and the entire world. That's the reason. He came to give us salvation. But the result of his coming was condemnation for those who would not believe. One commentator said this, quote, The same sun that brings beauty out of the seeds also exposes the vermin hiding under the rocks. These religious leaders were so spiritually blind, they just wouldn't admit it. And all because they would not admit it, that the light had come into the world, they became more and more blind. They couldn't see anything. They couldn't see the forest for the trees. They couldn't see their hand in front of their face. The difference between the blind man and the Pharisees is simple. It's quite evident. The blind man admitted he was needful. And he received both physical hearing, healing, and physical sight and spiritual sight. The Pharisees, well, Pharisees represent that old saying, there is none so blind as those who would not see. They just refuse to see it. They just absolutely refuse to see it. But I see here now, is I see a group of men who knew the Scriptures, who studied the Scriptures, who were religious, who held to the law the best they can, but I see a group of men who were totally unteachable. Couldn't tell them nothing. Couldn't tell them a thing because they knew it all. Did you ever know a know-it-all? Nah, nah. They know everything. Ask them. They'll tell you. They know everything. These Pharisees knew everything. You couldn't tell them anything. There was no truth that they didn't know. They were ignorant to the truth. Jesus said, I come the truth to set you free. But they were so bound up in their truth that they wouldn't listen to anybody else's truth. They were bound up in their traditions, their prejudices, their pride. They couldn't see the truth, didn't want the truth. If the truth had been a snake, it would have bit them. So Jesus says, for judgment I've come into the world that those who do not see may see, and those who see may be made blind. The Pharisees then, they want to ask Jesus this question, but it's a rhetorical question because I think they know the answer. Look at 40. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind too? Are we blind also? Are we blind too? This shows that they actually expected Jesus to exempt them from condemnation because of their religious standing. You are a sure.
The Gospel of John was written from a perspective that provides an eyewitness account of what happened during the life of Jesus here on earth. Different than the other three Gospels, John's book describes Jesus in ways that confirm him as the Son of God. There are things done and said that can only point to Jesus being far more powerful than what a human could do. In the Old Testament, God referred to himself as, I am. In this book, John recounts how Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the resurrection and the life. These were bold statements, but Jesus proved throughout his ministry that they were indeed true. He lived a life that compelled people to follow at that time, to seek him out, and to commit their lives. And we can also follow him today. If you missed any part of today's teaching, or you'd like to listen to additional messages from Pastor Dave, visit AssureHopeRadio.com. Perhaps you were listening, you realized that you have some questions about faith, and maybe even about salvation. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. You can also click on the Jesus tab at AssureHopeRadio.com. This will provide you with a succinct picture of who Jesus is and how he can change your life. Thank you again for taking the time to learn about God's word today. We hope you'll join us again next time on Assure Hope.